Hello and welcome to the Wellness Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Taff, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Ashling O'Kelly, also known as AOK Nutrition. Ashling is a nutritional therapist and a herbalist, and she specializes in female health and fertility. In this episode, we talk all about low libido, oral contraceptives, how to prepare your body for conception and your fertility. We also talk a little bit about wedding wellness and the things that we did that or actually didn't do before our wedding that would have really helped us. And then a bit about self-care and wellness as a business owner. If you enjoy, please let me know. But for now, let's get into the episode. Ashling, you're so welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on to chat with me. Thank you so much for coming on. I loved you. I actually haven't done a podcast, someone else's podcast in ages. So I actually love coming on, having the chat. So thanks for thinking of me. No problem. I'm actually thinking, would you mind, I'm sure plenty of you know um, about Ashing, but tell everyone a bit about yourself, what you do, your work before we get into the episode. Yeah, of course. So my name, you probably see me on Instagram as AOK Nutrition. So my name is Ashing Fox. And I'm a nutritional therapist. I've been in practice about nine years, a qualified nutritionist in 2014. And since then, I've set up my clinic. I've gone back. I've done another year of um, kind of like naturopathy, which is a lovely kind of add-on year where you study things like um, Chinese medicine. We look at Ayurveda medicine. We look at things like batch flower remedies. So I'm very much into like kind of natural medicine. And then in 2020, I went back and I studied herbal medicine. So I did a post-grad in herbalism, which I literally finished... 12 days ago, I was still, I feel like I just did my leave search, like where I'm finished. I, I don't know what you do myself, even yesterday was Sunday and I was like my first Sunday since I've been here that I was at home not studying since probably like June and I, I just did work, I started working, <laughs> so I'm like getting around to that. So my clinic um is in Port Marnock in Dublin and I think I've kind of fallen into kind of the realm of female hormones over the last couple of years, it's an area I'm very, very passionate about. I'd love to have a fertility clinic in year few years time that's my goal I'm actually doing a mentorship program at the moment with a fertility specialist in the UK Sandra Greenbank Fertility so my husband was like you're doing another course like I literally finished the other one and I was like no no it's not as bad that was not as bad so yeah that's facing me so I'm like I said big into natural medicine my whole ethos behind our clinic is trying to get through the problems we use natural medicine whether it's herbs or supplements or nutrition or lifestyle medicine to support the body naturally so that's me in a nutshell I suppose <laughs> love it and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because you do so much great content I suppose a bit like all areas of our hormones and um female health but especially around um sex drive and oral contraceptives and it's something uh like I trained as a nurse I qualified seven years ago I worked as a GP nurse I hadn't I had no idea that our um that some oral contraceptives could affect how our sex drive is and our libido so I would love to chat a bit about that in case there's anyone listening who's experienced it because I feel like you know those topics where we don't off we don't openly talk about them that much but like they're so important especially if you like you can feel quite perilous and not know why you're feeling that way so definitely I Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Like, I think sometimes my clients come to me like, oh, I'm sorry, like I'm on the pill. Because I feel like if you follow me, people think I'm really anti-birth control. (laughs) But I would say I'm not anti-birth control. I'm pro-education around the topic. And it's just something that is not talked about. So, you know, if you just put it into kind of the the classic girl, maybe she's 17, 18, she starts having sex, she's going to get pregnant. Like, amazing. I'm all for that. Like, isn't it amazing we have that 
choice to go in and go on birth control. But when she goes in then and she gets a pill from the doctor, I feel like that that step isn't really explained the way it should be that the pill works by stopping ovulation. So you don't get pregnant. That basically means an egg doesn't get released from your ovaries. But the whole problem around this is ovulation is not just for making babies. It's also how we make our hormones. And those hormones influence everything from your mood, your energy, your sex drive. And when I kind of talk about sex drive and it's interesting because in Chinese medicine, they have the same kind of mentality around it that your sex drive isn't just how horny you are. Like obviously that's part of it, but it's your drive for life. It's your motivation. It's the fire in your belly. It's kind of your get up and go. So that often gets put out as well when people are on the pill. Um, even our hormones are for things like natural anxiety hormones we have, pain, natural painkillers. So it's way more than just you know, not making babies. I think that's a big thing that people don't realize. So I have honestly, Robin, seen hundreds and hundreds, and that is absolutely no exaggeration of young girls coming to me because on my consultation sheet, I have low libido as one of my symptoms that people can take. I have about 50 different symptoms and I say, tick all of them, tick as many as you want. And I would say eight out of 10 women will tick low libido. And I'm like, we can't all like, you know what I mean? If, if all of us are having it, it's there's something going on, you know, that way. So I think number one is expectation. We think that we should all be like absolute animals. But number two, <laughs> anyone on the pill, you have flatlined your hormones. So you don't get that natural surge in, in um, around ovulation when we're kind of meant to have a higher libido. And it's just something, like I said, it's just not talked about. And it's just not something that's recognized. Yeah. And I love how you said there about the knowledge because- your knowledge is your power. So it's like, even like you said, it's not to be against oral contraceptives, but so you know that you're like, okay, I don't have much libido. I'm just, I don't feel in the mood at all. I don't feel great to understand that that's why. And like, then you can make an informed decision and be like, okay, do I want to maybe look into alternatives or do I want to kind of put a bit more focus on this? Cause it is important. And like you said, it's not just about, um, like your sex drive is your drive for life like I remember talking to a patient in um, the GP surgery he was coming in for um, testosterone injections um, because they were low and he was just saying to me he was like I literally have no drive for life he's like I'm so tired I have no energy he's like I feel like a 90 year old man like I'm just so exhausted all the time and he said he didn't understand for so long why he was feeling like that and then he learned that his testosterone was low which I know plays a part as even though we're women it is important for us as well especially in terms of our sex drive and stuff um so what can we like is there anything you recommend if someone does come in with low libido that we can do like say for example if they don't want to come off contraceptives altogether is there an alternative to try or what would you recommend if you had that with your clients first I find it so interesting talking to that guy saying like I feel like a 90 year old man The pill does the same thing. I say to my clients, being on birth control, you make the same level of hormones as your 90-year-old granny. Imagine giving your 21-year-old, like that's not how we should work. And I think it's very much, oh my God, a man is out of testosterone, quick, get him in, testosterone injections, something's not right, emergency. And yet we suppress young females' hormones for most of their sexual life. Like, you know, people go on the pill 15, 16, they come off when they're 30 because they want to have babies. And so many of my clients, I know I'm ranting here, but so many of my clients will turn around to me being like, I didn't know what my sex drive was supposed to be like because I started having sex and I switched it off. So other things you can do, it is really tricky, Robin, and I'm always so brutally honest with clients because I'm not going to give people false hope. Like I, as I said, I'm a herbalist. We have 300 herbs in our clinic. There's herbs that have been researched for 
you know libido which I'm sure we'll chat about today yeah imagine I came on Instagram and I was like guys I have the most amazing supplement it works so well for sex drive this is it it's 25 euro I will be sold out Mm. immediately so it doesn't work like that I think step one if you are in the pill is understanding this is normal you're feeling this for a reason it's it's probably not you it could possibly be from the pill and I think other kind of things that link in with this is anxiety is quite common for people on the pill um low energy brain fog is a massive one if people are walking around just feeling like they're going through the motions a little bit spaced out the thing I hear time and time again when people come off the pill and kind of get in touch with me is I feel like a fog has been lifted so I think step one is just accepting that that is normal and it's not you and step two then I would say control everything else that you can control because how many people are listening to this and they're not on the pill and they still have no sex drive do you know what I mean that that's only a small piece of the puzzle yes the pill will suppress it but there's other factors at play here and stress is the major one. Oh like my god i would say if you're being yeah if you're being chased by a tiger or if you're running out of a burning building are you thinking about having sex like sex and food are irrelevant when the body's under stress you are they're they're not needed in like a fight or flight situation so you know i think look at your day to day like if you've really really stressful day barely have time to eat during the day like you feel anxious during the day the last thing your body like I said is going to want to do is have sex so I feel like you are so amazing at giving people so much tips for kind of mindfulness and supporting stress levels so listening to obviously your other podcasts and going mm. onto your Instagram they'll get a lot of information there yeah and it's kind of like I suppose there's loads of like when we look at stress I think we can kind of nearly get overwhelmed we're like oh my god I feel this bad I must need to do so much to help myself feel better but that's not the case like there's small things we can do regularly that will help us feel better like even small things like breath work it's like you know if you're really stressed and you're so in your head and you have this constant dialogue going around about like something stressful that happened earlier on or something that may be stressful tomorrow and your mind is just you just can't get it to stop even using your breath and doing like a little sequence so have you ever heard of box breathing no, I, I need, I probably need it for yeah. myself. So it's like, it's literally just <laughs> giving. So breath work is just when you bring your awareness to your breath. That's it. It's not complicated. There's nothing to it. But if you give your mind a sequence to follow, so box breathing would be like when you breathe in for four, you hold your breath for four, you exhale for four, and then you hold it again for four. But if your mind is concentrating on the counting, you can't be thinking of that stressful story or replaying it again over and over in your mind. And what it does is it just brings you out of your head and back into your body and just really small things like that. Like I always talk to people about getting in a daily dose of quiet. So like if like, especially for you, like you're probably so busy with your clinic and all your stuff going on. Do you have a little bit of time in your day where it's just you and you're doing something to really come into the now you're not thinking about your your to-do list or clients you have in tomorrow or the podcast episode because if we're on the go all the time like stress isn't just about like physical threat it's like our mind can activate that response um so I think yeah even if you're listening and you're really struggling with stress and you're finding it's affecting your libido and your relationship and things bringing in 10 minutes of breath work five minutes just doing something small but doing it often um it does help yeah amazing yeah yeah like I think I always say again like control what you can control so I think those are things managing stress managing anxiety 
and then this is where supplements can often then come in to help like I again I've never really come onto Instagram being like these supplements are for sex drive because everyone is so different and I don't really give people snake oil and do you know what I mean like I've used them and I first I'm like oh my god that's amazing like there was a lot of research um on high dose vitamin c for libido I think it's 3,000 milligrams a day and the mechanism I remember reading it once years and years ago and it's only more in recent years then as you know you obviously continue to learn as your nutrition and I would give vitamin C now for high cortisol levels because vitamin C is actually one of the most important kind of nutrients there to bring down stress levels back to a normal level this is why people get sick when they're running on adrenaline like I would say you wake on Christmas day with a cold it's because you've no vitamin C left because your body's been constantly trying to um, use it up to bring it back down to normal levels so it was research on vitamin C and um, zinc is quite important as well I think most women and this probably is hopefully not a wild statement but most women I would see is are actually low in zinc because the pill depletes zinc absorption and zinc comes from our soil and our soil quality is just not the same as it was years ago so I think most clients I see are low in zinc and pre-covid I used to do like a zinc taste test I don't know if you ever done before a zinc taste test yeah I did it in college we used to do it yeah so basically for anyone's listening it's like liquid zinc and I give people a shot of this when they come into the clinic or what I used to anyway and um I must get it back in actually now things are normal again but zinc it has this really unpleasant strong metallic taste of it and I give people to taste it and some people are there swishing around their mouth for 10 or 15 seconds and I'm like they can't taste that there's no way or some people think it tastes really dry and um, so it's really interesting and I'll give people, give people zinc supplementation for a couple of weeks to come back taste test again and then they can taste it again zinc actually makes up your taste buds this is why it's so important so zinc is quite important there for your hormone production so if you're low in zinc again it's kind of like control what you can control if you're not actually making the hormones well then even if you are off the pill your your libido might be a bit lower um and and herbs things like I suppose before I jump off that like magnesium so good for stress and there is herbs like there's there's actually a herb in English its name is horny goat weed stop <laughs> that's yeah so the Latin name is epimidium epimidium yeah and we will give that for like I work a lot with fertility so I give that a lot for males for fertility is this horny goat weed um you've probably heard of ashwagandha before yes yeah I love ashwagandha I've used that myself ashwagandha and I'm always thinking I know all them now in um Latin what is the one in English shavatari what's it in English I can't remember, but I mean, Shabatari is another one that's specifically for the Chinese herbs, specifically for libido in men and women, sorry, and, and women as well. Um, oh, that actually is English, sorry. Here's me, just my brain going 100 miles an hour here. But there is certain herbs you can use. And as a herbalist, I would give clients these herbs as well. Um, again, from this real practical perspective for people listening, it's kind of more like tick the box. Are you doing this? Are you doing that kind of thing? Um, thyroid issues. So underactive thyroid, massively massively affects okay. your sex drive okay because underactive thyroid means like almost like your body's struggling to do things so when it's underactive you're tired all the time even though you've slept for eight hours you're freezing cold you can't lose weight you're constipated you feel a bit low like these kind of things and libido comes into that as well so I think a lot of people have borderline thyroid issues not really realizing it and that could often just be a factor that literally your body has very enough energy to look after you it's not gonna give you energy to reproduce and that's what that's what having sex really is for a lot of you know that's basically what our body's yeah. trying to get us to do and you mentioned as well a lot about how ovulation isn't just for making a baby so for anyone say who is on contraception who is ovulating but may not have a normal cycle or may have an ovulation some months in terms of what we could do just for healthy cycle, like you've taught me loads about this um, over the past year or two. And it was stuff that I didn't really 
know was important like things I suppose like we said about managing stress in terms of coming from like over exercising or under eating but for someone listening to this who just wants to make sure their cycle is healthy and to make sure they're having a healthy ovulation what are the core things that we need to look at and kind of do in our day-to-day number one is nourish your body with loads of different things like healthy fats are so important your proteins your carbs and I think like our generation kind of got into number one the kind of being obsessed with kind of being skinny in our like school years and then we were kind of the generation of got really trendy to be like it fits your macros and being in the gym and clean eating and I put that in inverted commas like you know as much as I do like that's just detrimental in itself so we had a lot of food rules and food things like you know around when we were growing up so I think it's understanding that like you have to have your carbs like balanced diet is basically which is what we preach all the time because carbs are needed for fuel for ovulation every single hormone in your body is made from fats protein is for structure so it's like making sure that's all fine and then managing stress I know it's so cliche when it comes to stress but I would say like go back to basics like if you if someone's having irregular cycles and might be skipping their period or having an ovulatory cycle and actually for me personally I had literally the most stressful month ever in August. So I was finishing my final of my herbal medicine, like the last two years, I had exams, had assignments, I had loads going on in my personal life and I didn't ovulate that month, right? So I did not, and I remember being like, I didn't ovulate. And I just knew because I'm obviously so in tune with my body. I didn't see cervical canutus. I didn't get any pain. I was like, hmm, okay. And my period came this month on day 22 of my cycle. So like a really short cycle is a sign of, of no ovulation. But I, and I completely, sorry, last month, I was completely under eating. I was working out, I was doing those hit workouts because that was a way to like de-stress. Again, I'm doing that in inverted commas. I was just so stressed. I was like going to the gym and just running on a treadmill and doing a really, coming out really sweaty was almost what I needed at the time. And I mean, I got through it, but it's a really good representation to show like how much stress affects your cycle. That is the first time in years, like even when I was my wedding, when there was loads going on, I didn't lose my cycle then. So I think it's just understanding how much your environment can impact your cycle as well. That if you do feel like it's irregular and something's going on, you can usually pinpoint what that is. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you mentioned, like I mentioned there, stress can even be get up in the morning, doing a really intense workout before your before work, having a coffee, fasting till 12 o'clock, then having breakfast, having only a salad for lunch, but no carbs, having another coffee that afternoon. Um, and even then if the rest of the day looks good that's quite intense of say 10 hours when you get up in the morning and that's a very very good very typical day that I would see with most clients that it's like our generation of up early and you're in the gym and you're doing your workout and you're having a healthy breakfast and you know this kind of thing so yeah it's like our breakfast we nearly feel like we always have to be achieving so like I don't know about you but sometimes I even get like if I have a day off or I don't have much on and I'm sitting on the sofa my mind is like you should be doing something why are you sitting down come on, get up, do some work, do this, do that. And it can be really hard to actually get your brain to shut up and allow yourself to stop doing all the time and just be. Um, and like like I learned, as I said, so much from you and um, some other brilliant people on Instagram who kind of, I suppose, educate women because we're, we're not taught about our cycle. <clears throat> like I didn't even know that there was only six days of a month you could get pregnant. I had no idea that that was how it worked. That should be on like bumper stickers that we get given going into first year in school. Yeah. Like imagine how much more, like I remember being in school and like 
having sex and like, two days more period and actually sweating like being awake like praying like to any god in the sky to get my period like you know what I mean imagine I had that knowledge like you're a grand yeah. you ovulate you can't get pregnant and for anyone listening is not aware it's literally so you ovulate the egg will live for, for 24 hours but sperm can live for five days so that's that six day window and if you understand your cycle if you can track it and know where I definitely ovulate a zero day you can have as much unprotected sex and obviously it's not going to protect you again XCDs. you always say that little disclaimer but you can have as much unprotected sex in the second half of your cycle once you've ovulated and you cannot get pregnant like it just is impossible for that to happen so again yeah education is just so important so important and even things like like I remember when I was getting I wanted to improve my I had really bad PMS for so long um, and I got my bloods done and even knowing that like we can ovulate on different days of the month. So it's not always going to be day 14. There's like, we, we can have different lengths of our cycles and it can fluctuate each month and almost like using your cycle as a report card each month to be like, okay, how much was I looking after myself? How did I, do I think I ovulated and knowing those signs? Um, so I definitely, if you're listening to this, follow Ashing's page because it's, I, I just think educating yourself and taking a bit of time to learn about it is so powerful because then you know, and you can you can take steps to to improve how you feel and how your your cycle is every month. And especially like you mentioned that you're hoping to open a fertility um mm. clinic, which is so cool. Um yeah. and like obviously like having a healthy cycle and ovulation and stuff is so important for our fertility. But again, the women's side of it is very under researched, not spoken about, like you're kind of nearly out in deep water on your own when it comes to your fertility as a woman and trying to navigate it aren't you yeah um I love what you said there as well like your monthly report card like I think you're yeah, exactly that like say for me for example this month my program day 22 unheard of I have so much knowledge on hormones nutrition and I did everything the opposite this month so it's a good way I think of you're, you can never lie to your hormones is what I say like you might have friends like how are you I'm grand yeah I'm great like like I was at my friend's wedding over the last couple of weeks and even I was talking to my girls about everything went on only through a day and they're like Ash like you didn't you were grand like you didn't seem like there was much going on I was like ah we didn't want to talk about it you know this kind of thing yeah. so it's really good to kind of have this mask around with people I think your hormones you cannot lie to your hormones so I think it's always a good way if your body's way of just checking in with you like they say like your your period is one of your vital signs of health and um, in relation to fertility as well oh god like Robin my heart is broken like I used to be broken working with clients and the level of care that they kind of get given and are like first of all I come back in 12 months if you, if you can't get pregnant like so much can be done in that space of time or women not having periods the, the biggest pet peeve, pet peeve I have is you know being told oh everything is normal when they're not having a period which is not it normal just can't be. it just can't be like I just said your period is one of your vital signs of health so if you aren't having a period there has to be a reason why that's it full stop end of sentence there's no other ifs and buts you know it could be anything from and I have I actually have a whole um podcast episode on irregular cycles it's only 20 minutes and it's literally just information to be like this is what it could be this is what it could be this is what it could be so at least people listening can be like well that's not me that's not me oh that could actually be me and they have the information then to go and get do the next steps um but the most interesting research that I've been coming reading recently is that they actually 60 percent of miscarriages are due to poor sperm quality no way so 100 female I know this is kind of like sidetracking but 
I have clients come to me and the women, we're breaking our necks. Like we're afraid to have two coffees a day because of the caffeine. Like, do you know what I mean? And you're not going for that extra workout that week because you've already done one hit session. And like, we're obsessed. We won't even use like, I don't know, normal deodorant anymore. And the lads are drinking three nights a week and they're not eating healthy. And, you know, their phones are in their pockets, their laptops on the laps and sperm quality is huge. I think that's something that I'll probably start talking about more now because it's just you can't ignore the research on it either so and nobody talks about that because you well, always you yeah. automatically think of the woman because the woman's the one who carries the baby and mm-hmm. ovulates and stuff but it takes two like woman yeah. can't make a baby by herself yeah yeah and definitely I mean I work so much with fertility and it's all about getting the woman healthy we have to have a regular cycle regular cycles we have to support ovulation you have to have enough progesterone so really interesting fact as well again I'm like why is this not drilled into us in school if you have PMS PMS is PMS is anything from sore boobs to acne to migraines to cramps to heavy periods basically all the lovely stuff we put up with before our period but generally 90% of the time PMS is going to be because you don't have enough progesterone progesterone is our beloved calming hormone it's our natural painkiller it's good for moods good for everything else and progesterone also maintains pregnancy so the amount of clients I've seen they have had horrific periods their whole life they've been taking days off work they've had PMS for 10 days before and then they go to get pregnant they can't maintain the pregnancy and it looks like a new issue but that has just been translated over from PMS to miscarriage or you know fertility issues and it's something like imagine we understood how to balance our progesterone which we've talked about their stress we have one main hormone I kind of say on top and this main hormone either gets converted into cortisol which is stress or get gets converted into progesterone mm. so the goal is we constantly want to direct that away from our stress hormone production so that's why stress like we mentioned so much there at the start already is so important for that so even that in itself imagine we all understood the importance of that like and like so if you have someone coming into you who wants to conceive they're looking to have a baby but they kind of want to start taking steps to make sure everything's okay what do you recommend they do in terms of before trying? Like, is there, do you recommend they go and get their bloods done? Do you recommend they do certain things beforehand to make sure that they're not gonna, if they can prevent that issue, like say if they've had really bad PMS, it's probably best that they try and kind of um, not fix it, but kind of relieve it or improve their PMS symptoms before they do try. Definitely, yeah. So I always say it takes 12 months to make a baby. So the three months before you get pregnant is really important, both for you and your partner, because egg and sperm take about 100 days to develop. So you can change the health of your eggs. Sperm is phenomenal how quickly it can change. Like literally, I've had guys get like really poor sperm. They've got sperm function tests done and the sperm's been awful. And literally within three months, it's they're different sperm. It's actually incredible. So the three months before is quite important. Um, I also would recommend, like you said, they're getting bloods done. So we have so much knowledge. Now. Like our parents got pregnant and they barely got a scan. Like, do you know the way yeah. it's, I think because we have so much knowledge, people get also very, kind of on edge with it and how should we doing this this and this like you know it's just knowledge is power like we said so you can go and get blood done make sure everything isn't just normal or within range it should be optimal like you are trying to make a baby you need like the best of the best so making sure your bloods are exactly where they're supposed to be and then like you said there like I always when people come to me for fertility support I'm like let's get you having really good healthy periods before you want to get pregnant and even not having like I see some people and even their periods are too light they might only have period for one or two days which means their uterine lining isn't thick enough like think about that egg will get fertilized and it has to cozy in there into the your your uterine wall that's what your period is mm. it's, it's an egg you know that's the nice little cozy home that what they didn't get um implantation on so 
I'd say, yeah, so number one, give yourself three months, get really good fertility supplements. That's what I always recommend. Like I love the, I have one of my, my online shop called NHP and they have your folate in them. They've all of your vitamins, all of your minerals. I think omega-3 is quite important preconception. And I think vitamin D is quite important preconception. So those three supplements for every single person, vitamin D, omegas, a really good quality pregnancy multivitamin. And then focus on everything else. I always say kind of like act like you're pregnant. So don't be going out like, you know, twice a week or Friday, Saturday night, like make sure you're getting enough sleep. Do reduce your caffeine. Like caffeine intake isn't great for fertility. They kind of say no more than like two cups a day. So if you're a coffee addict on four plus a day, you know, start weaning off that now. Um, I think your exercise, like I think the whole de-stress going for 10K runs four days a week is quite detrimental for hormones because it's just so much stress on the body. And I think you kind of, and this is me now two weeks ago, so I'm walking hypocrite now today, but like you get such good endorphins from those intense workouts. Oh my God, I just did 10K and I'm going to beat my time. And you're yeah. literally sprinting, you're ready to like cough up a lung by the end and you feel amazing. But that was so stressful on your body. Like your body's like, oh my God, we just got chased by a tiger for 10K and it happens three days a week. So it's just kind of putting things into perspective as well. Like just trying to reduce the level of stress you're putting your body under yeah and even like because I used to always think of stress as like like stuff going on outside like work stress or excuse me home stress whatever but like you said stress can come from exercise stress can also come from food so like if you're not eating enough like that that in itself stresses out your body if you're kind of skipping breakfast or you're only having snacks you're going really long periods of time without eating much like I when my PMS was really bad there was one month where I was like oh my god you know yourself when you're like I felt like my mind I think at some some points I wanted to murder my partner I was like you're you're annoying me so much and he wasn't even doing anything but he was just he was just breathing too he was just breathing maybe he was eating I don't know what he was doing but I was just so hormonal I was all over the place and that month it wasn't so much like psychological stress and like work or anything like that it was skipping meals it was not having breakfast having really big gaps it was going to the gym and not support my body with food around my session and stuff and I was so surprised at the the impact that actually had on my cycle so I think we can totally underestimate how much things in our lifestyle affect it and I love how you talk about um, and it's why I want wanted to do this podcast is because it's it's a holistic approach it's not just one thing it's like small things we can do every day and you're not expected to get it perfect because that's not possible it's just kind of complementing your lifestyle with your kind of if you if it's supplements you need to get or getting on top of your health checks and going for those bloods or if you're not feeling well going to the doctor and looking after yourself um like I know for years I I kind of forgot about the the whole lifestyle side and I was would only just think of the the doctor's side so like I'd go in they prescribe me something and I take it and I'd be like okay well I just need to do this and then everything is fine but that's not it because like our whole like we have 24 hours in a day and what we do including your sleep really matters yeah definitely and I think in terms of like medication, like I'm, I'd be the first to tell my client's going to get an antibiotic if I thought they needed it. So I'm not against medication. Is that my mom, my, me and my mom on our clinic together. And before she jumped ship and, and became a herbalist, like she was a nurse and she was a children's, she's a midwife and a nurse for 15 years. So I'm so respectful of medication, but for chronic illnesses, and unless it's literally something keeping you alive, 
they generally don't work like because you haven't addressed the root of the issue so a lot of like common thing I would see is people getting recurrent thrush all the time getting recurrent um, UTIs or kidney infections um, and you're using antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic and it doesn't address why do you have this in the first place that's looking at things like gut health looking at immune system and instead of supporting that and building that back up again all we're doing is just continue to you know yes you're killing off the bad bacteria but you're killing off the good bacteria as well so it's going to come back up again so I think in that circumstance like lifestyle medicine I know you preach that so much like I would there's no end goal that's the big thing I say with my clients like when I see them I'm like I don't want you to have a green smoothie every single morning I don't expect you to never alcohol again I never talk about no takeaways I never talk about alcohol unless I was trying to get pregnant which is a bit different because those things are good for the soul like that you have to find the balance it's like understanding you know things that are good for the soul and then things that are good for your body and for your mind and for everything else and getting the balance of both I think again the whole diet culture of right I'm starting on Monday no more bread and no more chocolate and it's like that will just never work and I kind of have to help kind of retrain people's minds as well of like I'm like there's no end people like oh Ashton you know I fell off I was at I was at holidays for two weeks and I was at a wedding and I'm like yeah grand just you know you understand oh god I haven't eaten green vegetables in seven days I better get something into me today and you understand why you're doing that yeah so yeah I think sorry mom go always go off in tangents but I think the whole lifestyle medicine and there's no end goal is a good way to think about it because it just makes it more achievable then for people 100% it's about like who you who you are in the process so like say if there is a destination you want say if it is like you want healthy hormones or you want your pregnancy or you want a healthy baby it isn't it's not about that end goal it's about what you do like day to day like the process of it what you show up and your habits and who you become on the way there that's so important like I used to always set like goals that were like okay I want to lose like five kilos or I want to do this or achieve this number but it's like no I want like instead of looking at the outcome it's like okay well what's the process so like maybe I want to go to the gym four days a week or I my goal is to eat three balanced meals a day so again focusing on like your process and I think that's helpful even if you're listening to this and you really want to have a baby or you're trying to improve some aspect of your health don't let the end like the outcome be the only thing that you focus on because I that it can be quite draining as well when you're trying to only move towards something in the future change it around and like Ashing said like change something in your day-to-day like have a goal of your gym sessions or your balanced meals or take your supplements or do your 10 minutes of meditation or stress management focus on that little thing that you can do um I found that changed a lot for me when I started shifting my focus from the outcome to the process yeah amazing such a good way to think about it yeah it makes such a difference um and we also said so myself and Ashley we're going to record this episode all around like wedding wellness because we both we actually got married were you a COVID bride you were I was a COVID bride we got married the same week in Mm -hmm. different countries and we actually saw each other in the airport on the way to fly out and I feel like so around the wedding I don't know about you but I definitely found it stressful there was a I think with COVID and stuff as well it, it was kind of there was a lot more to think about but you also do a lot of work with people around kind of preparing for a wedding and give them little tips and stuff that they can do was there anything big that you did before your wedding that you're like I'm so glad I did that in terms of your wellness so I have worked with so many brides 
right? And I, I knew the pattern of what I would say, like take down rides. The most important thing you can do is support your immune system because I've seen some either get sick for the wedding or the day after the wedding, the honeymoon, they, they have tonsillitis, they're sick. Because like I mentioned earlier on, by whole thing, vitamin C and stress, you're running on adrenaline. It's not just the day of the wedding, it's the four weeks before. It's thinking about things in the middle of the night and it's excitement, but even good stress, like you said, is still stress. Mm. So support your immune system. It is, I had a bridal box, so I haven't got some in stock anymore. And in, in my bridal box, the first half of the site, the box was called Glow. So it's all got to do with like skin, hair, nails, gut health, like, you know, supporting the glow, inverted commas, from like the inside out. And then the second half of the box was designed to take four weeks for the wedding day. And it was vitamin C. It was a B complex, which is for energy, stress, anxiety. It was sleepy tea and it was lavender oil. So all those calming things. And that's by far one of the most important things I think is manage stress. In terms of everything else, like I think, I think us being Cobra brides, I have a completely different perspective on weddings because the normal things people care about, I just didn't care about. Like, you know, that... I, I remember like for to put it in perspective so our wedding was rescheduled the first time nine weeks before the wedding it was it was March 2020 when COVID hit and I remember that week it was my hen and I was up the walls trying to find shoes for my hen and I was like I can't I just was like obviously just having a moment yeah. like and I look back then I remember so we got our we had four dates before we got married it got rescheduled four times <clears throat> and coming up to the actual wedding I was like I will run up the aisle in Nike Brothers like it just puts everything into perspective so I think even being a bride now, like I was so chill in running to the wedding. I actually wasn't stressed. I still supported my immune system. And I did feel a little bit run down coming up to it anyway, because you're finishing up in work. And it is kind of like that finishing line, like you said, like, oh my God, we're nearly there. We're nearly mm. there. And I was so conscious of not getting sick. So I literally, the morning of my wedding, I was putting vitamin C in my water, like drinking it, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hooking to my veins. And I would say like my Holy Grail supplement. Um, but yeah, you're probably the same as me. Like it just, but to give people sorry advice now is don't, sweat the small stuff yeah. like you have oh. your you have your other half everything else just details and no one notices those little things either no I remember funny you said that about the immune system thing so I didn't do that at all I did not think of my immune system whatsoever before the wedding so I was grand like stressed and stuff over like just little things um and then I remember halfway through the day too I started feeling like really run down like you know when you know you're getting sick I was like oh my god my body just went into complete like exhaustion and we had booked this gorgeous hotel for like three three nights I think it was just to chill and switch off and I spent the three days in bed I was sick as a dog I was convinced I had COVID like I was so unwell so if you're listening to this and you're getting married I never told you this (laughs) Before. but if you're listening to this and you're getting married yeah. listen to the the immune system focus because like there's so much going on like you're like you have financial pressure you have like family dynamics if you've two different families coming together or like you know yourself with the guest list and stuff there's always going to be oh small things that you're yeah. like oh I don't have to deal with this um yeah but yeah and also like Ashing said not sweating the small stuff like I worried about stuff that nobody noticed like at all like I remember thinking before like people like oh you should you you have to make sure you do like these really fancy table favors and all this kind of stuff and because it was during COVID and we were kind of worried about making sure that we were allowed to still have the wedding we had a limit on our guests and stuff I didn't really have time to to focus too much on those things 
when I say nobody, like not a single person paid attention to what was on the tables apart from their food and their drink and the crack they were having. Yeah. It, they just didn't care. I know. You kind of look, and I think the immune system as well, like is good because like you said, you probably had, you knew what tan you were using. Like you had your facials done. You knew exactly what your hair was going to be like. You were probably eating really healthy. You were probably getting those nutrients in, in terms of how oh, you make my skin look amazing. And you do forget about like the inside. And like, so I'm so sorry that you're unwell, but like that was, it's, I swear to God, I have literally seen, the reason I made the bridal box was I was like, I've seen so many brides get taken down or things like cold sores the week of the wedding mm. or a breakout the week of the wedding. And it's it's down to your immune system. Your body is just so run down because you've been running on adrenaline the whole time. And kind of in the run up to the wedding is when you do, you're like, hey, everything is done. I can start to relax, but it's when you stop that you get sick. And mm. even us in general, like I see a lot of teachers as well, Robin, and like they'll get like I'm sure some people listening will be like that is so me you know October bank holiday weekend and when they have a week off school they have their week off finally and they wake up and they're sick for the week yeah. and they're back to work Christmas day they wake up with a sore throat because it's that whole thing of when adrenaline stops you end up getting sick mm. so yeah. yeah literally anyone listening take that advice oh and I also found I didn't sleep whatsoever the night before I think like excitement teamed with like you're a bit nervous and you don't know what to expect and you're kind of wanting everything to go well and stuff. So the one thing I always use magnesium glycinate for my sleep, I find it just amazing. Yeah. And if there is anything, I would bring that with me and take something like that just to help me relax and get a good night's sleep the night before. Yeah. It makes such a difference. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, is there any, any other tips we could give in terms of wellness around your wedding? Um, Again, I think do it like a few months before. So going back to my bridal box, the stuff I had in it, like I had a probiotic in there that supports gut health. I had omega-3, so omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. So you're talking things like your skin, but then digestive issues, hormones. Like I remember like looking at my my app being like, when am I going to have my period in the room to my wedding? Yeah, so did I. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if you're like, oh, I always, if you're not on the pill, for example, you're like, oh, I'm always really bloated for my period. Like your food and supplements can really help with that then as well. So you know what we've just talked about there in terms of managing stress like you can kind of do a lot of things even in, in that sense not just about how you look it's how you feel like oh you feel. it's all about how you feel I did that as well I checked my flow app like three or four months before because at the time my PMS was really bad I was like oh my god if I have cramps on my wedding day I'll be so annoyed now I was lucky it didn't but again um like you helped me a lot with my PMS symptoms at that time and like that doing like stuff with my food and my training and my stress management and things to to feel good like you said on the inside it's not just about like obviously of course your hair and your makeup and all that stuff is important but if you're feeling like shit inside like that's really gonna affect Defo. how you yeah. feel just your energy like it's a long day like so you just want to be long day and yeah I'm trying to get any it's, it feels so long ago now I feel like I had loads of tips at the time no I'm the same like in terms of skincare and stuff I just got into a really good routine like I didn't go really extravagant or do loads of mad shit to my face or anything I just made sure I was kind of on top of my skincare and then I think I I got a couple of facials or something before um yeah in the run-up to it yeah but I remember like me and my friend were talking because she was getting married um about a year after and she was saying like people were turning around and being like now are you growing your nails out and you need to make sure you're you're doing all of this like like really over the top stuff and she was like oh my god like why why do I need to do all this stuff I'm like you don't need to do all that stuff yeah. like 
I would say there's so much pressure on Brian and I and I consider myself like I'm very chill like I really don't care what people think like I, I'm my own person yeah. I've always gonna be like that but I did feel it I have to say I did feel it in the room to the wedding and it's kind of more I think pressure on myself mm. I think or kind of like expectations or people be like oh my gosh you're gonna be a gorgeous bride like you're gonna look amazing and I'm like oh my god like thanks but I was like <laughs> oh god do you know what I mean people are like I can't wait to see your dress or like yeah can't wait to see this isn't this and I'm like oh thanks but also like Jesus, like, do you know, people, I don't know, that just got me a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, I hope I can live up to expectations. But you're like, oh, it's pressure. Oh it definitely is. So, and I yeah, used to, to look at Gavin, my partner, and he wouldn't give a shit. He yeah. was just like, yeah. I'm just going to show up on Wash the day, wash his face with shampoo. Yes. shampoo, shave, <laughs> turn up, and not forget the suit. And then we had someone, because he's late to everything, we had someone who was like, designated to making sure he was on time for the day that was all he had to do and like lads are just so much well from from the lads I see and and in general they're just so Mm -hmm. much more relaxed and I suppose they don't have there's not as much of a pressure in terms of like the hair and the makeup and the dress and the figure and like the pressure of feeling like you have to lose loads of weight and be in the best shape of your life and all this stuff and it can really really get you like I remember getting like thoughts of being like Jesus have I done enough like should I have been on some like you know when you doubt yourself I should have gone on like a a diet before this I should have made sure that I was like really restricting myself and Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff but no I, I really think you have to just do what feels right for you and like you said like like if you're the kind of person like like you said Ashley you're someone who don't you don't really care what people think and you're you're more than happy being your own person if you're going to spend all this money and all this time and all this energy on this one day you got to do it for you and you've got to do it the way you want it not the way some instagram post or article is yes it yeah. says you should be yeah. prepping for your wedding day no mm-hmm. not about it <laughs> yeah it was just I enjoy it oh my god it's such an amazing time I kind of feel like because we were COVID like I was completely in denial we we're getting married until about yeah. no even in the airport I was like ah but like you know yeah. you know we probably it might not happen though so uh, mine was like a blur almost like my hand was only a few weeks before and like they were like I was like oh hopefully we're getting married in six weeks so I think just enjoy the build up to it like it's such an exciting time I think oh it's so um, exciting so exciting um and I wanted as well so this is something I love asking um any female business owners that I have on the podcast because I love I think hearing from women who are kind of out doing their own thing like it must be very stressful sometimes having your own clinic and a lot of pressure and I feel like like I've been following you for years but even in the last like two or three years, I feel like your clinic has gone from like busy to like so busy that you you were saying like you you can't even take on more appointments at the moment and there's just loads going on. What has it been like? Has it like, I'm sure it's quite stressful in terms of like you're out on your own and you're growing this business. Do you have any advice? Do you have any advice for anyone listening who really would love to kind of follow their passion and yeah just just go yeah it's really like it is really hard like there's no end goal like I even now put in so much time so much effort into my business like but like 
that also is like for, my husband wanted to have a baby two years ago oh. and I'm like no I'm like I I have a business to run like so even now I'm like he's like oh like yeah two years later what's the story and like that to me just seems absolutely terrifying that I'm like hey like, I've just worked so hard to get to where I am so you know that side of things I got really good advice years ago and it was um someone said to me it's like as if you're running 100 miles an hour on a treadmill with no finishing line in sight that like it's not as if I'm like an accountant or like that primary school teacher where I know okay just get to October we deadlines and we're done or like you know I have a week off now I'll get there that like I was working maximum capacity all the time and someone's like to me your your end goal is you hit a wall and you're sick and then you can't work so I think protecting yourself is really really important when you're a business owner and like I've you know I think at the start you kind of just have to like I worked I work late every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. I worked every Saturday for years. And now I'm in a good position and I've just set boundaries. So I'm, I won't even look at my emails over the weekend. I don't even go into DMs. My last client now is five o'clock and I'm, I'm just like, sorry, like that's my last appointment. Like if people want to see me, they can take time off and book in with me instead. So I think I've the luxury of doing that for my last couple of years, but it is really hard. Like you're saying there, like, I think for me, because I, I love my job as in like, I want to help people. Mm. So I kind of get torn sometimes between what's best for business and what's best for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that yeah. kind of way? And I'm so lucky even with Instagram to be in. I don't know why I have so many followers on Instagram. Honestly, like it's still like, I'm like, I'm not doing anything more than like there's loads of amazing nutritionists talking about what I'm talking about. So sometimes I'm like, oh my, why are all these people following me? Almost like imposter syndrome. And then I feel not pressure, but I feel like it is a duty to be like, I want, I have such a good platform. I really want to be able to give people information. And that's why I created my podcast to do that. But I do get touring sometimes between like, oh, I could take an extra client now or I could just do a Q&A for an hour and like that might bring in more business. Or do you know that it's yeah. kind of like it's the, the heart and the head kind of thing I really struggle with because my happy place is working one on one with clients. But the problem with that is I'm the one doing it the whole time. So I think the hardest part of being self-employed is figuring out how to run the business or making it work or still make money when you're not the one having to do the job mm. um, and how long how long have you been doing it how many years is it now so I qualified in 2014 and I went self-employed in 2018 so I'm self-employed now four years okay because I've we're like self-sufficient yeah because I always feel like do you ever like especially at the beginning where you're like oh it feels like so many people like they do it and it happens so much faster and it shouldn't be taking me this long and I always used to look at people and think that it just happened overnight for them. And that is oh not the case at all. No way. It took me years. Like I said, I qualified in 2014. I probably only really started having a real steady clinic, maybe 2016. And I feel like I was working the weekends. I used to do 8 a.m. on a Tuesday. Like you're working hours. You just got any clients. And I used to pretend I was like fake it till you make it. I used to pretend I was really busy. And I was like, yeah, like, oh my God, let me just check my bookings. Mm-hmm. And nobody <laughs> like, I remember my goal was like two people a week and I was working other places but luckily like my mom has her clinic my mom has a clinic called Breath of Life which is a naturopathic clinic she's in business since 1994 so I used to run Breath of Life like I was the manager there and obviously I had the clinic space and I used to see clients maybe like three or four people a week and it kind of I think don't focus on that angle kind of what we're talking about like you know for the whole podcast like focus on your individual clients no matter who walks in my door I will give them my full attention. I give them everything. I help them as much as I can. And they will leave and they will tell five friends about you. And that person will book in with you. And sometimes you don't need to focus. Like I didn't, like Instagram for me, 
didn't really drive much business probably 2018 is when Instagram really like I really got business up but I was seeing a lot of clients even before that Mm. and it's more look after what you have don't be focusing on being the best or being booked out or being like just focus on who you have there even if you're like oh I only have 10 clients but also you have 10 people who want to come and take your advice as well so kind of like shift your mindset but honestly it is it's so 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 I always give that advice to people starting off like you just have to be patient oh 100 percent. and I have a a life coach that I go to and I've been going to her for years but like if you go onto her Instagram like up until last year I think she had like three or four thousand followers like she wouldn't use Instagram that much she has probably the busiest life coaching business that like I would have seen across a lot of people and like that it's all because like she started years ago but it was building and she's like I used to have one client a week and then they would tell another person and she has built her whole business on like that just showing up as herself word of mouth and momentum it's all about momentum because like I feel like that can sometimes put people off as well when they see the the people doing really well and they're like oh well shit like I'm never going to be like that it's like you will but you have to just be patient and like my husband has his own business and like like he would be really busy but he's been doing it for Jesus like seven or eight years at this stage so like from the outside looking in someone could be like oh my god like how is he so busy but he's like I've I've been doing this consistently and showing up and like that the late evenings and the early mornings and the weekends and you're always like always working yeah always yeah and I think as well, like something that I've done is I've actually, I actually don't really follow anyone linked with like nutrition. I rarely follow nutritionists on my Instagram because I felt if I wasn't, let's say like I usually work like back to my clients Monday to Friday, like actually not Tuesday to Friday. I find it really hard to post on social media, this, this and this. And I go on and people are putting up this amazing content and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so like, you know, it made me feel like I wasn't doing enough. And I'm like, I've just spent all of my week I saw 30 clients this week like that I and I and I rarely come on talking about clients or talk like when I'm in my clinic I'm in my clinic and then Instagram is separate so I think sometimes when it looks like you're not sharing things are you not doing it so that was my just mindset anyway so I actually just follow people that I was like you know other people go onto their Instagram and scroll for enjoyment imagine you worked in Bank of Ireland and you're going to Instagram and your whole Instagram is about banking and about mortgages and about whatever you just you wouldn't follow that so if you're working in a certain industry I I say don't follow people in the same industry unless you want it unless you want to but I think a lot of time it becomes a bit toxic because you start comparing yourself to them oh I think so. that's such good advice like I don't listen to any um wellness or kind of personal development type of podcast or anything because I don't want to I want to try and be as authentic as I can in what I share and I don't want to feel like oh shit should I be sharing that when it's not it's not coming from me. I'm just doing it because I feel pressure that someone else is doing it or someone whose podcast has way more listens or like more followers than I do. And I'd be like, oh, well, maybe I should be talking about that so I can get that. And it's like, you kind of lose who you are as well. So like you, you, I find it helps me not be influenced and I can just show up and I just get a pen and paper and I'm like, no, what, what do I have to say? And like, mm-hmm. that's the yeah. most important thing. And it's the same as you said with your clients, it's like you're showing up and you're giving them your all if you're looking on Instagram at other nutritionists or people who are doing the exact same thing as you, do you feel pressure to, to make sure you're sharing the same type of thing or you're talking about the same type of thing? Yeah. Or you're like, Oh, they they can do that better than me. Yeah. Like my downfall is I'm so bad at design. I'm not creative in terms of that's not how my brain works. Like I have someone to create all of my content for me. 
I obviously write everything though. So I'll see someone else and I'm like, oh my God, theirs is way better. Like there's no point me even doing it because what's the point? Like people just read theirs. She got me. So it's like, but then you also forget that the people, most people don't care that much about like wellness and nutrition the way we do. So it seems like, oh my God, the market is saturated. Like every single person, like I feel like every single person talking about hormones because I obviously follow yeah. people that talk about hormones, but like your people that, you know, your friends, your followers, probably maybe you are the only person doing it. So instead of comparing yourself to someone then and then not doing it, your followers, people who are following your content are missing out then. Like they don't, they haven't seen someone else's. Does that, do you know what I mean by Yeah, that? So, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And yeah. tell me, what do you like to do before you finish for like yourself, like in terms of your stress management or your self-care? Do you have something that you reach for? Like if you're feeling overwhelmed or there's loads going on and you want to just slow down and feel better? Oh, Robin, the age-old question, honestly. <laughs> at this moment in time, I'm seriously struggling with that. Like, I really am. And it's like, I always, I'm so tuned into this because I take the best supplements. I go to the gym. I eat the best food. I'm so focused on sleep. But I know from a mindset perspective, like when you're talking about breathing, my breathing is like this. I can always, I find myself catching my breath during that. As if I've just, and I'm just sitting here doing emails and I'll catch my breath yeah. and I'm like, and I know my body's running on adrenaline. No, I do try. So my biggest thing now is I got back into reading last year. Like I'm obsessed reading. Like you said, a nutrition book will not pass into this house. No. I was like, I'm reading murder mysteries. I love like those kind of like novels. So I love getting into bed early, making a cup of tea, getting to my pajamas and like watching or read my book. Like that would be kind of my, my kind of like self-care, I guess, or just like going for a walk, like meeting, you know, going for a coffee. I'd love to get into like meditation and journaling and I've tried it, but it's just at this moment in time, it doesn't fit my routine, yeah. but I know the, like I tell clients to do it. This is the thing. Do as I say, not as I do. And I've done some year workshops. I've done amazing as well. Like they've read, I feel like they've come at such weird times. Like I feel like I've been, you know, you'd be like, I'm doing a workshop Wednesday. And I'm like, I need that yeah. right now. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? They've always just like dropped in exactly when I need it. So that is something that in terms of a journey, I'm still definitely working on. But. And what is the name of your podcast and where can we find you if anyone listening wants to reach out or look for your content or? Yeah, my podcast is called Spilling the Tea with AOK Nutrition. And my Instagram handle is AOK Nutrition. My podcast is everywhere. It's on um, Spotify. It's on um, like Apple Podcasts. It's on literally anywhere you get podcasts, you'll find it. Um, and yeah, so I can share on Instagram. I've loads of highlights. I've loads of content there. Just like, I would say sit in my cup of tea and just scroll, like just watch them. Um, There's so much. Um, Even when I was prepping for this, I was like, Jesus, that's a great piece of content. And I saved a few of them. I was like, I need to remember this. Um, so yeah. I'll link everything down below anyway, so you can find Ashley. But thank you so much for your time you so and much. sharing all of your, your insights and your knowledge with us. Yeah, and it was so good to chat to you. Thank you so much for having me. So that is the end of this week's episode. And as always, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy, um, do let me know. I love to hear from you. And I will talk to you in next week's episode.